0: Welcome to another edition of the Daily Fantasy Dudes Podcast. We've got two rather crazy weeks in the books, and I'm looking forward to another interesting one here on the fantasy front for week three. Tom Gallon here, along with my cohort in crime, Matt Van Every, here to help everyone out with their fantasy picks for the week. Matt, are you ready to roll?
1: Like a steamroller, Tom. Like a steamroller.
0: Well, first, let's take a look back real quick on last week and some interesting topics. Number one, Chip Kelly. This is the NFL, not college. Perhaps it's time to understand that you need to have some stability on your team. All those offseason moves, those are on him. And if the Eagles don't get this turned around in a hurry, he may be looking for a gig in college very soon. Point number two, are the Saints becoming the Aints again? Because I think the days of Sean Payton being an offensive genius, they're well behind him, and I won't even get into Rob Ryan and his defensive mind. The Saints are simply a bad team right now. It may be time to focus on that running game where they do have three good options, especially with Drew Brees out in week three. Finally, the Colts, they've apparently had a serious hangover from that pitiful AFC title game. Out of the gates in 2015, this is not a football team that appears to be destined for the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl.
1: Can I just say yes, yes, and yes? Because I think you hit the nail on the head there. Chip Kelly, I'm not giving up on him yet, but as of now, I'm steering clear. I think by the end of the year, they might get things together. There's just so much talent there, but the numbers are baffling. His plans are baffling. It's like he's trying to prove he's the smartest guy in the room, and right now it's not working out so well. The Saints... Yeah, the Saints are the Aints right now. I think we may be seeing that Sean Payton, is a great offensive mind, whatever, but you know, was he tied to Drew Brees? I mean, as goes Drew Brees, does go Sean Payton? Who knows? It could be the case. They're just not the same team. And the Colts, that's a head-scratcher to me. I do know that Andrew Luck tends to play his best football down the stretch in the second half, so I'm not totally worried about them yet, but I'm certainly not putting any of those guys in my daily fantasy lineups. That you can count on.
0: Yeah, there'd be maybe a few guys on the Colts I could see, but for the most part, all those teams, man, I am steering clear. I think I'm going to have to see something from Philadelphia before I jump back on their bandwagon. Maybe a, a flyer on a guy like Sam Bradford this week only because everybody's starting to get off of him. But beyond that, man, it's like I watched those games, and I'm sorry. They're not very good, plain and simple.
1: They are. They're just discombobulated. All their skill players, it looks like they each got handed the wrong playbook or something. I don't get it. And I think they may get it together, but will it happen in time to make the playoffs? No. And if they don't make the playoffs, does Chip Kelly keep his job? Eh. I mean, maybe because I think the ownership believes in him, but we may be finding out he does not belong.
0: We've seen plenty of college coaches come in and think they were, oh, boy, we know what we're doing. And then realize in the NFL, man, people are paid millions of dollars to figure out how on earth to stop some of these newfangled offenses. So moving on to week three, once again, there are a lot of value opportunities to help you fill out that roster. First up, let's go quarterback. And I'll tell you this week, I'm not going value, at least on most of mine. I'm going with the best quarterback in the NFL as he gets a shot on Monday night at home facing the guy that was drafted back in 2005 as the number one overall pick while Aaron Rodgers fell to 24th. And if you don't think that means something to him, you are insane. Aaron Rodgers will light up the scoreboard on Monday night at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the only guy I'm even interested in besides him is Ryan Fitzpatrick going against that high pace of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Fitzpatrick's got plenty of weapons, even without Eric Decker this week. So I look for those two guys to be the the mainstays in most of my lineups
1: absolutely i'm with you on that i think that rogers that's a that's a great point and he is going to be motivated and i agree he would light him up and man you took my guy fitzpatrick is my play this week He is going to probably be in the majority of my lineups he's got great value you know he's an underrated quarterback is he aaron Rodgers? absolutely not but is he trent Dilfer? you know he might be somewhere in the middle he gets it done he's a very smart guy i mean he went to an ivy league school i think harvard actually and so this week playing philly i think ryan fitzpatrick's gonna have a great week there's one other guy I like. He's a little bit more expensive, not quite Aaron Rodgers' money, but I also like Russell Wilson a lot. Now, I'm not a huge Russell Wilson DFS guy, but I do think against the Bears this week, Wilson is going to have a very good week, and he's going to light up the Chicago Bears.
0: Yeah, I like Russell a lot this week, too. If you hadn't heard, the uh, young girl that was a cancer victim that he'd been the godfather to passed away earlier this week, so you know he will want to go out and have a great, great performance for that young girl.
1: I agree. Yeah, and rest in peace to her.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's yeah, a sad story. Let's move on to running back. There are several value guys, and we'll talk about them a little bit. You know, Marshawn Lynch looks like an obvious choice against the Bears, but I don't like the—he's still questionable, even though everybody says, ah, yeah, he'll be fine. But to me, it's like that's enough of the question that I don't think I want to spend the money on him. I do like Jamal Charles against those same Green Bay Packers because Jamal is going to want to bounce back from that Thursday night fumble. He's a great player. I think he'll get plenty of shots come Monday night. To deliver on his moderately expensive price tag, he's 7,400 on DK. I've got him at 8,100, pretty expensive on fantasy score. That's probably the highest of the running backs that I'll take. Moving down the line, though, I think there's a lot of value. I do like Latavius Murray this week. He's kind of a mid-range guy playing at Cleveland. The Browns' defense not very good. Everything I heard during the week here is that they want to get more touches for Latavius. You got Devontae Freeman. Tevin Coleman's going to be out again. I love, by the way, Tevin Coleman. That guy is a stud. He can see the field. He's fast. So when he's back. I'm totally off of Freeman. But for right now, Freeman will get the touches. Probably at least 15, I would think, in that game at Dallas. A couple others, Bilal Powell very likely could get the start if Ivory's out. And even if he's not, again, we're talking about Philadelphia. Powell can catch balls out of the backfield. He'll be involved in that even if Ivory is playing. So I like him as a very cheap option. Minimum price on both DK and fantasy score so that looks like an option going to monday night james starks i think a lot of people will be on him but if eddie lacy's hurt or even if he's not frankly i think james starks will get plenty of opportunities and then the final one that i'll say i look for jonathan stewart who's currently listed as questionable i heard a beat reporter today though say that he's fine everything he's definitely going to play so him against new orleans really he's the mainstay at running back for carolina i think he's a good shot he's below the mid-range level so Only one guy I think this whole week, Jamal Charles, is one that I think I'll go after on a high-priced running back.
1: I agree with you on Charles. I've noticed him as well. However, I, I, I do believe he fumbled twice last week. That's the sort of thing that could uh, could start to bother a guy and get in someone's head. I, I like a few of the top, the more top dollar guys. My first pick, you know, a guy that I'll probably put in a lot of lineups as long as I can afford him, is Le'Veon Bell coming back from his suspension. It's his first game back, and they are playing the Rams. Much as the Washington Redskins carved up the Rams defense, I think that Le'Veon is going to be back. And he's going to want to prove things. He's going to want to say, yo, D'Angelo, thanks for looking amazing for two weeks, but this is my job. So I expect uh, Le'Veon Bell to have a very good week. And then after that, you know, the Beast showed up last week. Adrian Peterson, a few years back when he set that all-time single-game rush record, it was against the San Diego Chargers. This week, he is again playing the Chargers. He's kind of got them mentally. Every time they seem to play, he does well. A few guys I like on a little bit less expensive tip, I really liked Shane Vereen last week using the logic of what looked good against the Atlanta Falcons. The running back pass out of the backfield. Well, this week they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. I do like Lance Dunbar this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Another guy I like, I like the matchup with the Jaguars, Dion Lewis up in uh, New England. I'm ready to buy in on this guy. And then Amir Abdullah potentially could bounce back with the Lions. More of an iffy player for me. I think Amir Abdullah is ready to get it done. And so he's a guy, you know, that if you need to save some money and he uh, he fits the bill, then, then I wouldn't be scared of Amir Abdullah. And then last but not least, I'm also ready, you know, to buy in on Danny Woodhead. Phillip Rivers loves him. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. So Danny Woodhead's another guy I like. But overall, my, my very top picks would probably be Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, and Deion Lewis out of New England.
0: Yeah, I got to say, the only one I hate out of those is Le'Veon Bell just because it's his first game back. You're not giving enough credit to St. Louis. They're actually pretty darn good at home. Everything I've read this week, expect about 70% of his normal touches. So we'll see. I mean, Pittsburgh's got a great offense, certainly. I think I felt that from the before the season started that I would not really look at Le'Veon until week two of his return. So we'll see. Let's move on to wide receiver. One of my options, and I just wrote it out, was Dallas cheap wide receiver. So I was going to ask you, being a Dallas fan and covering them a lot more than I do, who do you think the best options for Whedon are going to be? And if Dunbar's one of them, I'm I'm on board with that. But I just wonder, who are his, probably the guys that he works with on the second team. I want to know who that guy is going to be throwing to in that game. I do believe the backup tight end is a good option, so Escobar.
1: Yeah, Escobar's a good option. But I also think, you know, I could see Whedon getting a little panicky, getting some happy feet and dumping to whoever's handy. And I could see that being Dunbar. However, Whedon went to Oklahoma State. I got a lot of up close and personal with him here. He's got a cannon. The guy might be able to throw the ball further than just about anyone in the league. He was a 96, 97 mile per hour pitcher for the New York Yankees farm system before he went back to Oklahoma State. He can throw the ball really far. So I would not be surprised if it went to one of the burners. You know, maybe this guy, Bryce Taylor, you know, who's a uh, got from the Raiders who supposedly has this this insane speed Terrence Williams as well you know I could see him throwing up some long passes think Johnny Manziel and Travis Benjamin last week like let me close my eyes and throw the ball as far as I can can you run under and catch it
0: yeah Terrence Williams I wasn't terribly impressed with last week because you know even him and Matthews all their stats were in the last four minutes when a game was totally decided.
1: Well, let me say on that, I think that last week was his first week as the number one guy in Dallas. I think he might be a little more comfortable this week in that role.
0: Maybe, but he's never performed that well as the number one guy. So we'll see. I'm, I'm not probably going Terrence. That's why I was trying to look for other guys that you thought might be worth looking at. But moving on, let's go ahead and run down the ones I do have on my list. On the expensive side, I think he's just he's more than due Demarius Thomas has to go off one of these weeks. I'm picking this week as a week he gets in the end zone. You know, We all see that Peyton's arm strength is not the same, but I think gradually as time is going on, the Broncos are going to realize, you know what, we just have to let Peyton run this offense. And if that starts happening, Demarius Thomas will be a bigger part of the offense. So this week I think that's going to happen. Also really love Randall Cobb on Monday night. A.J. Green always seems to have a good game against Baltimore. So those are my kind of expensive-oriented receivers. Then you can dip down. You know, I like Brandon Marshall, especially if Eric Decker's not playing. Then again, you can look at the deeper part of the roster there for the Jets and maybe find some guy who's like $3,000 and be a decent option as well. Originally, I was thinking Alan Robinson, but man, all week I've been reading how beat up the Jacksonville offensive line is. So I'm really wondering if they're just going to get manhandled by the defense of New England. So that one, eh, we'll, we'll see. More like a game time decision john brown for the arizona cardinals i think he has a real good shot of going deep again this week against the niners defense and on monday night well i like cobb a lot if he's healthy and playing i wouldn't mind going Devonte adams fairly cheap option and if he's right now apparently he's questionable as of friday's latest updates james jones would be another option if you wanted to go a cheaper receiver on monday night because i do think they're going to put up some points come monday night
1: i'm with you cobb was a guy that i really do believe he has a big night I don't know. I don't like Demaryius Thomas at all. I sold on him in the Roto. I just don't like that offense right now. I don't like Peyton Manning's arm strength. I'm staying away from that. I do like Brandon Marshall. I love him. Without Eric Decker there, I like Fitzpatrick. I like Marshall. I like to stack a quarterback and a wide receiver together whenever possible. I think that's a perfect opportunity to do it right there. I do like Edelman against the Jaguars. And then, you know, I like A.J. Green because it seems like receivers have been having pretty good weeks against the um, Ravens defense. And so far, I mean, no one's shutting down Sling and Andy Dalton. And I think that they are better against the tight end. I think that this could be a big week for A.J. Green. And I'll tell you what, a guy out in your neck of the woods. I like Amari Cooper this week against the Browns. I think Amari could be set up for a decent week. He's a guy that I will look long and hard at putting in some lineups. And then again on the Cardinals, you mentioned John Brown, who I love John Brown. He's a guy I'll always look at. But man, I like the Renaissance of one Larry Fitzgerald. I think that he's back. I think he wants to get in the end zone. I think he's here to say, you know what, guys? I think everybody's forgetting about me. I am still the man. You know, I'm a future Hall of Fame wide receiver. Don't forget it. And then finally, this is a guy that I think is going to have a really good week. I heard some quotes from him regarding his team and what's going on up in Detroit with Golden Tate. He made some comments putting a lot on himself with some of the problems they're having. And I think he's one of the only guys that's being pretty consistent. So I really like Golden Tate to step up. I think it's a good week for wide receivers. There's some some good money to be saved. You know, I like some of those picks a lot.
0: Yeah, I would have to say, though, you know, like you said before, Denver's defense is good. I'm just not buying Detroit. Until Detroit does something, I ain't, Golden Tate, Calvin Johnson, doesn't matter. As far as Amari Cooper, I like him. But my fear is, much like we saw with the 49ers last week, there's something to that. When a West Coast team goes to the East Coast and plays that early start game, it's like they forget to wake up. So I'm a little iffy on Amari this week, especially coming off a big week. That's the same reason. I I love Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald's having a great year. But three touchdowns last week. You know me. I don't chase guys. And he had a huge week last week. And the big weakness for the 49ers is giving up the deep ball. That's not really his game.
1: No, that's not. That's true.
0: All right, moving on. Tight end. As much as I love Gronk, I just think this week, that Jacksonville game, they're going to just beat the stuffing out of Jacksonville. So really... Some of these guys aren't going to be needed by the mid-third quarter, so I'm not going to go Gronk. I do like Travis Kelsey again. I love having guys on Monday night. I think he's in a great spot. He is a little high-priced. Eric Ebron for Detroit playing against Denver. Pretty good value on, on DraftKings. He's only 3300 so that's real cheap. Uh, I just heard Dwayne Allen is definitely out for the Colts. That makes Kobe Fleener a good option at Tennessee. I do like. We talked a little bit about Escobar. I like Gavin Escobar and twenty six hundred on DraftKings. You know, that's a hundred bucks more than the cheapest and the absolute cheapest, which I still love. Richard Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers on Monday night.
1: I'll tell you what, I like some of those picks as well, but really, I'm going with one guy this week. I think I've got him in just about every lineup. You know, I know, Tom, you always tell me, like, oh, you got to spread around more, and you do, but I love Jimmy Graham this week. I just love him. I'm not a huge fan of his overall. I'm not going to probably have him a whole lot of weeks, but the matchup with the Bears, I think that him, you know, like I said, I like to have a quarterback-receiver combo. I see that Fitzpatrick-Marshall and I see Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham. Those are the two that I really like. I think that Jimmy Graham is going to light it up this week. However, you know, uh, for kicks, there are a few others. I mean, obviously Gronk, yeah. He may be out by the third quarter, but by then he might have three touchdowns. That offense is potent. I mean, right now, you know, it's funny because you say the best quarterback in football, which yes, that is Aaron Rodgers, but you know, I bet a lot of people when you say that think, Brady? He just knows that offense so well, and those guys respond to him so strongly. So, I like me some Gronk a lot. As far as a guy that maybe is a little bit less expensive, I like Crockett Gilmore, you know, going up against the Bengals. I think Gilmore could have another big week. Flacco doesn't have a whole lot of weapons, and he's Seems to have some rapport with this guy. Crockett Gilmore is just flat out getting it done, and I could see him getting it done again this week against the Bengals.
0: Again, that's a case of chasing. I'd go Eifert the other way if I was going to go that game at all. Crockett's fine, but his price went up quite a bit this week. He's no longer the the 2,500 gimme. And as far as the Patriots game goes, my whole thing is just I just think that's going to be such a laugher. I just, it's hard for me to go Gronk in a game I think is going to be 42 to nothing before you know it. Same kind of thing with Seattle. I was actually thinking earlier in the week about Jimmy Graham. You probably saw the earlier news stuff where he was saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated by this offense. Totally understandable. But at his price, his price still hasn't come down that much, even though he clearly is not being used. So until he has a week where he actually does it, I'm not taking him. All right, let's move on to defenses now. Seattle and New England are my only two defenses. I think Seattle is primed. They're going to be at home. They're 0-2. They're facing a backup quarterback. And I love the fact that we have a great runback option with Lockett. I just think Seattle and New England stand out to me as the most obvious. And I know they'll be heavily owned in the GPPs I play. But you cannot pass up on what the opportunity is for these two teams to just beat the living daylights out of their opponent.
1: You make some great points, but you're totally overlooking the third part of that triad, and that is the New York Jets. Man, the Jets are playing the, the Philadelphia Eagles, which, yeah, I mean, maybe one of these weeks they break out. So far, they look like a total disaster.
0: Well, one concern I have with the Jets is that Daryl Rivas is a game time decision, from the latest that I've seen.
1: I don't think they have to have Rivas to shut them down. They still got Cromartie. The Jets have a really well-rounded defense. They get it done all over the field. There's no weakness on that defense. They're going to keep most opponents under 21 points all season long. And I just think this week against the Eagles, I mean, Eagles are mistake-prone. And then you know the other team I like, which I I like every week. I think they're the best defense in football. That is the Denver Broncos. They've got pass rushers that are just those guys come in, in nightmares. If I'm the quarterback going up against them, I see like five or six guys. Just oh my gosh, where do I go? They're coming from everywhere. I agree with you. I like Seattle a lot. I love the Jets. I love the Broncos.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of, obviously, we've thrown out a lot of names, a lot of defenses stuff. So just a reminder to folks that on our website, dailyfantasydudes.com, comes Sunday morning, usually 30 to 45 minutes before kickoff, we'll have at least a handful, probably four lineups posted of our actual lineups. I'll oftentimes put one of mine and then one that's an optimized one from one of my websites that I subscribe to. So check that site. Sunday morning when you want to kind of finalize things, you'll get some more tips, plus whatever late-breaking news is, is out there. We'll try to get to that on that Sunday morning update. So let's move on to our weekly tip segment. And for me, I'm kind of a big fan of, you know, I wouldn't call it studying, but yeah, studying film every week as a way to prep for my DFS but not in the way that eats up a huge chunk of time. Instead, what I do is I watch the 30-minute recaps of the previous week's NFL games for any of the ones that I'm interested in. Now, generally, that's three to four games since I am able to watch most of the games pretty closely when they're live. But the NFL offers a reasonably priced service for all fans to be able to do this, even if you don't have NFL Sunday ticket. And that's through the NFL Game Pass, which you can sign up for online at nfl.com forward slash game pass. It's $99 for the whole season and offers the condensed games as well as several other features, and you can try it for one week for free. So if that's in your budget, it's definitely worth adding to your arsenal to help improve your DFS decisions by finding insights that you just can't get looking at stats, which is what you know most of us do. That's my tip. Matt, what's your tip for the listeners this week?
1: It's a quick and easy one, and that's something some of us know, and that is saturation on information. And you know, and I can be the worst about this. I can just study and study and study and study, but I've been reading a book this week called How to Think Like a Fantasy Football winner. And it's by a guy named C.D. Carter. He's a longtime poker player, longtime gambler analysis. He's a, you know, he's a guy that put, uses, uses numbers and uses psychology a lot. And he reminded me that, you know, sometimes you reach a saturation and you can, there's a sweet spot in there of information that to make your decisions. And Malcolm Gladwell, who wrote a couple great books, Blink, The Tipping Point, he's a guy that likes to use analytics to come up with conclusions. He's made the same point. Too much information is a bad thing. So by all means, you know, I've been kind of going back to that this week, just saying, you know what, I'm not going to spend four hours analyzing it for every day that I play a lineup. So just be aware that, you know, sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen, it can be a bad thing. So study your information. And when you feel good about something, you know what, go with it. That's Matt's tip for the week.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's kind of one of the concepts behind this podcast. I wanted to make it something that was very digestible, not one of these two hour long podcasts going over every freaking game, giving you 10 players from every game. That's the whole idea. It's like, concentrate on the information you need but develop your own yeah listen to us listen to a few other things and just get it down to a workable amount of information because you're absolutely right man information overload will just have you spinning circles coming up with players it's like it's not worth it absolutely there's a ton and then it's getting more and more every day there's just a ton of information out there as far as stats go But everybody, you've got to kind of develop your own method of how you get things done during the week. One of the things I like to do is I like to kind of develop mine through my various sources and then I'll listen to more podcasts maybe on the weekend. But I'm not looking for their picks. I'm just looking for confirmation or a good reason why I shouldn't do something that I've already come up with. Great point. That's a wrap for this week. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or on your favorite podcast provider. And if you do use iTunes, please leave a review. We love the feedback, and it really helps us move up the podcast rankings there. Don't forget, like we mentioned earlier, check out the dailyfantasydudes.com website for more news and tips on Sunday morning. We'll post some of our final lineups right there for everybody to see 30 to 45 minutes before the early games kick off, And we'll have some late-breaking info, breaking news, value picks, injuries, that kind of thing. So, Matt, great talking to you again this week. Hopefully we'll have some good luck. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: Thanks a lot, buddy. It's been great. Hey dudes, don't forget to follow me on Twitter under @uFantasyDude. you fantasy dude. I'll always have links to the podcast and my fantasy hub blog articles posted there as soon as they become available. Plus tips and more info throughout the week. And remember, when it comes to daily fantasy, have fun, win money, don't be ridiculous.